Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast, NXT-flavoured edition. I'm Alfa Kador Laurie Blake and I'm joined by Adam Blumpier. How is it going, Adam? I'm fine. My head is cold, but I'm fine. Excellent. Good news. Uh, We we struggled to find a topic to talk about for this week's NXT, so we've gone with the fact that a main roster star has teased that they could be returning to NXT, uh, and we discuss whether or not we think that's going to happen. Spoiler, it's Andrade. Here's the show. WWE has drafted everyone this week to Raw and SmackDown, except... Two people, even Shorty G got drafted on uh, social media, but he got drafted over text. Um, but two people haven't been drafted, and they are uh, Andrade and Mickey James. Can you guess which one we think might be going to NXT? It's Andrade. Um, the reasoning behind this, uh, the reason behind both of them not being drafted to either brand has been revealed that uh, Mickey James is still suffering from a broken nose, and Andrade has elected to have a minor surgery Um and it will be out for about a month, so he won't be able to appear on TV. Now, the interesting thing is that Andrade and Zelina were both attacked by The Fiend and Alexa Bliss, and Zelina is moving to SmackDown um, and has been drafted herself. So whether or not they're going to keep Andrade and Zelina Vega together remains up in the air. And also, this could be a goodbye or like a, a kind of... You know, maybe they're just splitting Zelina and Andrade up. But on Twitter, he posted a picture of him and Zelina at the moment that he won the NXT Championship from Drew McIntyre. Um, and the last few people who've been teasing about going back to NXT, just it just did go back. So I wonder whether or not they're going, like, you know, this could be him sort of doing like a look at the high points that we reached, me and you, Zelina Vega, and now they're splitting us up because you're going to have a bit of a singles run over on SmackDown. 
or it could be a tease that he's going back to NXT. Which one do you think is Adam? That's the first one, I think. Yeah. I don't I don't want a very hard lead here because, you know, it is very difficult to have stuff to talk about uh, in this ep- in this week's episode of NXT. So if you feel like we're grasping at straws, it's because we are. Um, it, because, like, the only other thing we thought about was what is a TLS match? <laughs> That's it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, the, the wrestling's good. Like, there's some really good matches in this week's NXT. But the only thing we can really talk about is, is Andrade going back? Probably not because... Um, WWE have apparently said that they are trying to keep couples together. Uh, it's, the, it's the one thing they probably can do for their staff's morale. Um, but as we all know, Andrade and Charlotte are in a relationship. Uh, Charlotte has been drafted to Raw. So I think whatever happens, Zelina is definitely splitting up from Andrade. That's mm-hmm. concrete. That is going to happen. And I do think that's why he posted the picture being like, look what we did together. A high point. Um, and it's, you know, I, I'm sure there may have been a little bit of well, if I put something about NX, NXT out there, maybe people are a little bit more interested in me. Maybe a few more articles about Andrade. Maybe Vince McMahon could give an S word about me again. Mm. That, that would be nice. But uh, I think he's probably going to go back to Raw just because, like, yeah, I get. Like, he he would he would do a lot better on NXT. Good, like, I mean, every, everyone's dying down there. So <laughs> we could, if we could have some more talent, that would be great. But poor poor bloody Finn Balor posted that picture of his giant swollen elephant Whoa. man face uh, jaw broken in two places so is he the champ who knows um like I a face Andrade versus a heel Johnny Gargano Ooh. I'd I'd buy that for a dollar but I don't think I'm gonna get the opportunity because realistically speaking I think Andrade staying on Andrade Raw. and Legado del Fantasma Ooh. Ooh. what is TLS match. We're talking about NXT this week. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What is a what is a TLS match? Yeah, I think the other thing is that Charlotte did post the same. Like, yeah, that he because he said thank you and uh, on Twitter, and everyone sort of took it as like, is he leaving WWE? And Charlotte had to step in and be like, no, he was thanking Zelina Vega. Uh, But interestingly, he does need a manager now. And then uh, a few emojis there. Mm. Charlotte Flair, Andrade's manager. That's a step down for you, Charlotte, isn't it? Like, I'm totally up for them as like a power couple thing. Like, I just, oh, yeah. th- th- there's so much life there. There's real life. Use the real life. Like, it's 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 fine. You can. Like, there's already yeah, there's this that, stuff yeah. right there. Exactly. And the thing, and the thing Andrade needs is is someone to do the talking for him in in WWE. So, like, yeah, I think having Charlotte there backing him up is brilliant and being like, you know. Charlotte Flair adds real credence to Andrade as a performer. Um, that could be a really interesting mix. But let's let's let's. I guess let's talk about what could you see for if Andrade does happen to go back to NXT because you know anything could happen during uh, these these moments. Sure. What would I you like? So. What would be your what would be your dream match? My dream match for Andrade. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like it seems basic to say I wanted to fight Gargano again. Uh, I I'd love to see. Oh, I'd love to. There's so many. I'd love to see Gargano versus Champa. I, I think I think Andrade coming back and taking issue with Santos Escobar, uh, kind of perverting the name of Lucha, I think would be phenomenal. And like Ellie Delo having to kind of return to his Lucha roots and like having a having a two out of three falls match with Santos Escobar would be would be pretty good. I think like Andrade is a super worker. I don't understand mm-hmm. why he he hasn't been given the opportunity to do that. 
Um, just is it just the fact that he can't talk? I think there's like him. It's just Campbell, because they put him with Campbell. everyone else of similar origin. That's why, in the same way they're doing with the hurt business, it's just they're just grouping everyone into like big clumps and like these are the groups. This is how Raw and SmackDown function now. It's baffling. It's utterly baffling to to be like, and then and then they have to be like, there's another separate side faction, so they can have matches, like. I don't know. I, I don't understand the way they're booking for on SmackDown at all. But, you know, I don't think NXT is struggling in its own way. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Do you like wrestling? Do you like improv? Do you like role-playing games? Then you'll love No Rolls Barred, presented by the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Six players come together to create a fictional wrestling promotion, roll dice, and create the kind of insanity that real companies could only dream of creating. Can Tony the Milkman survive the twilight of his career and still find time to care for his wrestling son? Can the Denimatrix overcome the vicious apex and achieve total denimation? Can brothers Golden Joe and Silver Bro coexist 
exist as a tag team before they combust. Find out now with the wrestling show that everyone's talking about. No Rolls Barred is available wherever you get your podcasts and only presented on the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Maybe we should jump, jump into talking about this week's show, which seems like a lot of setup for Halloween Havoc. That seems like the big thing that's happening. There's some, there was some, a couple of remarkable moments. There's some very good wrestling, but um, overall, this episode was wasn't quite as hot as last week's episode, shall we say? No, I, I get. Well, I get the impression that you know, what with what with the, the two people who fought for the top championship, both being still on the bloody shelf. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly is going to be clear next year, uh, next week. Uh, Finn Balor. Oh, he hasn't vacated the belt, but he's got a broken jaw, two places. So it's a fixed jaw now. He's had the surgery. It's just it's still it's still sore, is what it is. Yes, it's yeah, it's tender. Uh, who 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 bloody knows? Um, it it very much feels like the sort of they're keeping the wheel spinning. Very much uh, exemplified by the fact that the two kind of uh, like kind of locked in title matches that are coming back. Um, at Halloween Havoc are the Garganos fighting for exactly the same titles they fought for at TakeOver 31. I'm not necessarily arguing this against time, it. This time, guys, this time. <laughs> maybe, maybe destiny. Um, yeah, who knows? But uh, it, it, you get the sense from NXT that they're just like, we're, so, we're sorry. We just, mm. we, everyone's everyone's dying around us. It's uh, it, yeah, it's very it's very heartbreaking to see NXT uh, being put in a difficult position. Uh, two champs injured back to back is a, a horrible bit of luck. Um, but NXT is like they they still have a clearer head on their shoulders in the main roster by a country mile. Hmm. Um, They've always got a story to fall back on. I think is the good thing. Like you know, hmm. you can you the the Garganos is such an interesting angle that you can fall back on that as a main event spot and build it into like something big for Halloween Havoc. And plus what? you've also got you've got uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley happening on Halloween Havoc as well, which has been stewing for a while. So that's great too. What, like, what is a TLS match? What is it? Is it a tables, ladders and stairs match? Or, and I was reading about it, is it a tables, ladders and Shotzi match? Which is what <laughs> Reddit thinks it is. Which would be really funny. Because you can't see what the S stands for on the wheel. Um, I, I would really dig a tables, ladders and Shotzi match. That would be really funny. It's, it's stairs though, isn't it? Because it rhymes. It's probably so. stairs. It's, and also because, yeah, I, I guess the history of the stairs with... Shotzi and Candice? I don't know. Is there finally been an injunction from the leg from the estate of TLC? I don't know. Like who it's it's fine. Yeah. So spin the wheel maker deal is back, skipping to the end, I guess, because it's the most interesting thing. Yeah. Um Shotzi is the host of Halloween Havoc because she's spooky and also ball pits. And um there's a yeah, they, they've got a, a a list of stipulations and uh, the stakes have been hired. As William Regal said, yes. <laughs> the stakes have been hired. Hired, bollocks. damn it! I buggered that up. Shut I got help. Up. I've not done live for a while. <laughs> I was talking on an iPad for ages. We finished writing the script for this show ten minutes ago. <laughs> well, Bloody that's yeah, to be fair. Me, me and Louis were having a go last week because. Uh, the first thing that Regal did on last week's NXT was came out and booked the main event. And it was like, you didn't have a main event before you started the show, you maniac, Regal. What are you playing at? <laughs> Joker's wild. Regal's going down punching. <laughs> he doesn't care, does he? He's given up. 
I love the idea that all of his championship, all of his champions being injured is just like driving Regal to the bottle and he's just getting fighty now. The stakes have been hired. <laughs> Silly, silly. Let's listen to the show though. So the the show starts with Undisputed Era coming out. It's Fish and Rod. Uh, Carl's backing them up and they're taking on Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. But before that, Carl does a bit of a promo. He says that uh, Cole's still out of injured ribs. Carl's going to be cleared to compete next week. And they would have put uh, Rich Holland in the same hospital that he's in now, but they'll do the same to whoever they find out is behind the attack. So putting credence to kind of that notion that Rich Holland is working for someone on behalf of someone. It's Pat McAfee. <laughs> it's Pat. We said it last week. It's Pat McAfee. One hundred percent. And I did it for the Pat. Or it's or it's William Regal, I guess. <laughs> Why? Or William Regal's just meant. I'm hiring the snakes. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Oh damn! So this uh, match, this yeah. match was a little sloppy in places. I thought, like it, it, it didn't feel like this. This didn't feel like the undisputed era that we're used to seeing. Like they definitely, they didn't present themselves that way. This was much more about uh, Birch and Lorcan having their number for a lot of the match. Um, Birch and Lorcan obviously like really good hands in this. They did some great stuff. There was, I felt like Roddy just fell over a lot. Like there was, there was no reason for it necessarily, but it, he just sort of like was doing stuff and then was like, nope, fallen over. Oh, I've fallen over. There's a hot towel. I've fallen over again. Uh, and yeah, it really did. It felt very one-sided for a, for an Undisputed Era match. There was that point where, yeah, uh, Roddy looked for the stronghold and he rolled him over and then he just rolled him over the other way again and got kicked off. And then Fish goes in for this diving headbutt and he misses and there's a hot tag happens. And then, yeah, Roddy just fell down lows. Only hits a du- uh, the double blockbuster. There's Love a big the brawl. Double, double submissions from Birch and Lorcan. They just really had undisputed era under the thumb for most of this match. And then uh, there was a moment of just miscommunication between the two, and Lorcan accidentally knocks knocks Birch off the uh, apron as Fish dives dives out the way. He gives him a kick in the head, and then uh, Strong jumps in with a knee. And undisputed era pick up the victory, and they're going to face uh, Breezango. Uh, for the tag team titles so yeah it I don't think it did much to build up the undisputed era and I was kind of expecting there to be a post-match angle because of that like I I sat there for most of the match thinking like you know this this doesn't feel like this has really gone undisputed era's way I think they'll probably sneak out a victory but I think they might also be angered about how much Birch and Lorcan got in here and then yeah it just never happened so I just thought oh okay it's kind of Kind of a strange choice, I think, to have the Undisputed Era beaten down quite so much of the match and then then sneaking a victory right at the end. I don't know. Yeah. Breezango was there. Like, they watched the, the thing. But, yeah, we're going straight into the match next week. That was announced later in the show. Uh, it get, I get the impression that the story that's happening here will probably happen in that match. Like, I don't, like, putting the belts on UE feels, like, kind of a bit random now, considering kind of, like, this, like, shape-shifting, like... Some of them are turning face, some of them are turning here. That could happen. I'm in, I'm in very much kind of like intrigued to see the match. I think Yui and Breezango will work together really well, especially mm. the sort of like the fish and rod pre and pure heel variants of the of the UE. Um, yeah, like I, I thought it was a fine enough match. I I, I really like an only Lorcan hot tag. Like he's a really good hot tag wrestler. Um, but yeah, like it was it was a, a functional, entertaining enough kind of start to it. But yeah, a slightly lacking in story. And I, I get the sense that that was a holdover from the fact that well, we're supposed to be doing this Rich Holland thing. He's out. So mm. we'll cut this kind of 
promo at the beginning and like that all just like paper over any kind of storyline cracks. So there was a lot, yeah, there was a lot of papering in this episode. Yeah. Wallpaper everywhere. I think the other thing was, yeah, the, the uh, there's, there's an interesting bit to be had, I think, by having Fish and Rod win the titles next week. Like the heel faction of the Undisputed Era being the only ones with belts and Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly both having just faced for the the biggest prize in the game um, and failed could create some really interesting tension within that group. I don't think it's probably too early for Breezango to lose the belts, but I, I think that's kind of better than Undisputed Era losing another title opportunity. Like as a, as a sort of cohort, they've all had the biggest matches that you could have basically in their in their respective divisions in the last month, <laughs> and they've all failed. Um, do you think? Do you think that the person who hired Ridge Holland was the Undisputed Era? Oh, maybe. Because here's the thing: like, I, I think you are probably right. I think it's probably Pat. I think if it wasn't Pat, uh, someone probably would have mentioned Pat by now. Like, I think Kyle O'Reilly would have said, like, well, who's who hates who's Adam Cole? Yeah. <laughs> who hates Adam Cole? And, you know, isn't probably, you know, quite good enough yet to do his own sneak attack. It's Pat McAfee. Uh, but the fact they haven't mentioned him yet means it probably is him. But what if it's Kyle? What if it... I don't think, I don't think it's going to be Kyle. But what if it's Fish and Rod? You know, like, what if it's, like... Mm. What if it's a, their attempt to kind of overthrow the Undisputed Era... Who knows? Well, uh, the decision, I, yeah, the decisions Adam Cole's holding them back because he's always after the gold and he's failed multiple times now. Mm. Twice in two weeks, in fact, uh, recently. Interesting. Uh, we then got a bit about uh, Finn, Finn's surgery and saying that they initially didn't think that he'd have to have surgery, but in the end they chose to uh, operate. Uh, and they're saying they're not going, they don't know what they're going to do with the NXT Championship. They're going to give him a few weeks to recover and see what happens. Uh, at least they're being honest. I think that's like, you yeah, know, yeah. You know, because sometimes it's, you know, it w- I think it would be a shame to just take the belt off him and immediately go back into that exact same storyline again. But then, like, maybe there's a, maybe there's an inverse version of that storyline where they just go, well, you know, Kyle, you had the match last, so here's the belt, mate. Like, go for it. Let's just pull the trigger on Kyle O'Reilly as NXT champion. Not now. like that. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Hand over the belts like the Street Profits got them on bloody Raw or SmackDown. Just here you go. Congratulations, Kyle. That would just be so sad. He's got a long would- road. I like. I think he's. I think you're crowning Kyle at something like next mania, you know, like mm. I, I I just want to see him get like his, his proper moment. I really do. Yeah, he Kyle needs, he needs a big moment in front of a crowd and he needs to, it does need to be worked up to, but yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's nice that NXT have been honest about this and just gone like, we just, we just don't know, like these things take a sort of indeterminate amount of time before he's either going to be fine really quickly or he's going to take a bit longer Yeah, um, I res- and we'll I just wait, that. you know, and we can, we can just wait. We've got other championships. We've got other irons in other fires and we've got other storylines that need concluding. And they've done quite well in this episode, I think to build up to a bunch of other stuff that's going to happen. Uh, we then get Ember Moon saying that she's had a terrible time on the main roster in 2019. Uh, and she obviously, yeah, uh, she tore her Achilles, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, 
and she was uh, when she told she was cleared uh, all she heard was that she is NXT and wanted to come back to the best women's division in all of wrestling and she's absolutely right it is yes. the best women's oh. division in all of wrestling oh, oh yes it is um, and then she put over and I think this is good like this is good fiery baby face stuff where she said like you don't get a shot based on what you did in the past and who you were because when I left NXT I was on top of the world it's what you've done lately and you know frankly she hasn't done anything and then it just did this brilliant bit where it's just like look at all these women that she could have matches with and you're just like yes please i'll have i'll have ember moon versus shotzi i'll have ember moon versus candace i'll have ember moon versus eo um and she says ember's law will lead me back to my title this was a good promo i really liked it um it's it, this is a good way to introduce someone like i think nxt has done a lot of reintroductions with quite quick heel turns um when people come back from injury or they come back to nxt from the main roster it's nice to see ember moon sort of staying on the side of the light at this exact moment in time mm. and, and kind of doing a we haven't had a real baby face return to nxt for quite a while so it's, it's nice to see it um play out like this because yeah it's just something to be excited about you just sit there thinking like it doesn't necessarily need any more drama than this it's ember moon and she's back and she's got a you know a sort of reformatted gimmick and there's all this new potential for her to have all these brilliant matches because there's this whole other swathe of women in the NXT women's division. Can't wait. Yep, really good stuff. Uh, we then got um, Jake Atlas versus Unshanti the Adonis. Uh, this was fine. This, this was for the purposes of storytelling because uh, Unshanti does like taunted, did his hair, Jake Atlas drop kicks him in the face. They brawl for a little bit and then Wilder Mendoza turn up at ringside um, and Jake rolls up Ashanti and wins the match. And then they drag Ashanti out of the ring and start beating him down. I think this is beef that's been going on on 205 Live. Atlas then dives out on top of them and they sort of team up together. And then Santos Escobar in, in a peng suit, frankly, what a suit, comes down. They begin to storm the ring. Uh, but Swerve arrives and chucks a load of chairs in and then they stand there and have a little face off. Um, it's fine. I'm getting to the point where I'm a bit over the Swerve Escobar thing now. Like, you guys remember Takeover 31? We're doing it all again. We need a conclusion. There's there's other people that could vie for the cruiserweight championship, and like, I get they're trying to go for a long term story here, but they've got a lot of other stories where we're repeating the same stuff, and it does like it feels is, like spinning wheels. You're right. It feels like a division of two at the moment. It feels like everyone's got their kind of henchmen and allies, but it feels like there's only two people in the cruiserweight division right now, which is a shame because. You know, considering like the weight class, the average weight, you know, in NXT, the cruiserweight division could be bloody stacked down there. Um, it's just, yeah, it seems like the only two people vying for that belt are Escobar and Swerve. And I feel like Swerve sort of had his moment. I feel like they should have put the belt on him at TakeOver 31. But the fact they hadn't, that really did feel like a feud ender. Uh, so mm. the fact that we've gone back to this, it just makes it feel a little bit more uh, in there. I like Ashante Adonis. I think he's brilliant. I think he's going to be big. And I actually think that he's better, uh, like, kind of positioned for a, for a shot because he's just so charismatic. Really, really like him. Uh, and, yeah, he because obviously he appeared at TakeOver 31, got involved in the Cardo's business, which has led to this. I'm sure it's going to be an excellent six-man tag, but it's just mm -hmm. like, yeah, like, if you didn't pull the trigger on Swerve, let's kind of populate out the division. Let's kind of get a, you know, or just like, you know, a multi-man match to determine a number one contender. Let's g give us an idea of what this division could look like. Because they did that really well with the tag division, like a few weeks back, mm -hmm. you know, just like we've got this kind of weird four-team kind of micro-tournament. 
and it's good like when you look at the at the ring and see oh look at the look this is what the tag division looks like and when you have those kind of promos by ember moon which is like this is what the women's division looks like and bloody hell the women's division is amazing right now it just like feel like there is enough there for a for a kind of stacked cruiserweight division you just have to let us know kind of who's in it really yeah, and it's and you know NXT's previously used the cruiserweight division when they when they went to N, uh, when they went to USA to really sort of just give every show a shot in the arm of just like here's just a brilliant cruiserweight match between a couple of people that you don't really know like it's when Tony Nese got some real time in the sun and then yeah. Leo Rush came back and got like the push and 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 Gulak came in for a few matches and stuff like that like, there was a real sort of feature of cruiserweight guys uh, throughout I don't think Gulak was cruiserweight at that exact moment in time but. He is a previous cruiserweight, um, and then then you you know you had all this. Um, you've got Escobar coming in, who's you know had a few matches in the tournament for the title, and then just had matches with Swerve. Yeah, and you're just like, well, he feels like a really like he feels like quite a big get for NXT, really. Like he you know he's as uh, King Cuerno is a pretty known name in the world of wrestling and has all this potential to have all these amazing matches. And because he's the boss of a group as well, he's not really having many matches either. And it's like, you kind of, I feel like it's a bit wasted to have this belt that, that could just be a showcase belt for like, here's just some flips and some amazing stuff that pops the audience and is good wrestling. Um, and you're kind of throwing it away on a story that feels like it's past its prime now. Like, mm. yeah, it's, it's a shame because there's. I think you're, you're right. There are so many guys who, whether or not they are cruiserweights in terms of they're they're drafted to 205 Live, could just vie for this belt on NXT for the sake of having a really fun little match that wouldn't derail anything. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a shame. Uh, Candice and Johnny then got interviewed backstage and uh, they said that Candice is facing Johnny uh, for a number one contendership. She said that she's the uncrowned champion. Johnny bangs on about Dexter Loomis drawing pictures and not talking and says, what has he done to earn a title shot? And then talks about the fact that he's going to be facing Austin Theory next. The match with Austin Theory is fun. I, I really I like really these two really together. Yeah, that was really, really good. Um, like they they complemented each other, I think, at all times really well. They, they obviously matched each other quite technically and like... They stole a lot of little bits off each other as well throughout the match. There was kind of this brilliant level of one-upmanship. And then they just talked smack to each other the entire time. There was a point where Johnny, uh, uh, Theory goes for an up and over and Johnny calls it. And then as he grinds him down to the mat, he just goes, you're just really predictable, mate. And then like uh, Theory uh, gets the ATL on a roll-up for very close to. And then it, like as Johnny's like recovering and rolling away, he's like, in the corner and he just goes johnny resting her oh hi miss gargano like it's <laughs> like there's all this really fun little banter between the two like they they, they are the same sort of cocky cocksure annoying character so it's fun to see them play off each other and i think this did wonders for theory as well like you know mm. they put over john the fact that you know this is johnny wrestling he is a, he is a massive name in nxt and theory managed to hang with him and there was there was a few moments where he almost had him as well. Like there was the that victory roll, that that got me. I leaned mm. in for that. Well played. Like Austin Theory's been having the like the match of the week, pretty much every week. Like he's great. Like yeah, he's not winning any of them, but he took out. You know, he went the distance with Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano in like almost back to back weeks, uh, like two weeks apart. But it's that's really good stuff. Like he's twenty two. God damn it. He's 11 years, my Share genius. Share some talents, my friends. 
he yeah he's um he's gonna be huge as well um he's charismatic he can go like it, it it's you know it's they're building up austin theory and that it's just really good careful booking like I, yeah mm. he's gonna be he's gonna be a proper proper someone to contend with like maybe in a year or so's time uh and i just love watching him wrestle which is you know something it's a good a good a good compliment for a wrestler i like seeing him wrestle i want to see him wrestle more uh really really good like you know getting gargano his heat back before uh halloween havoc of course you know it's workmanlike in in the terms of like the story it was trying to do it's just good wrestling that's what, that's the thing with nxt even when it's boring the wrestling's great yeah but it was characterful wrestling as well like i think this is the thing like theories whole demeanor throughout the match was always to just be like i'm gonna take my time and i'm I'm very good but i will also happily you know there's that point where johnny johnny tries to do the sort of rolling drop kick that theory had done earlier in the match and johnny had cut it off earlier and theory catches johnny with a super kick as oh, he just rolls in right and then johnny sort of fights briefly on the floor and theory just sort of pushes him back down steps away and then steps back in with a super kick to the head like it's it's just really good. Like that's that that is a like a patented Johnny Gargano move as well. Like you know, some of Johnny's worst heel tendencies have been to just repeatedly super kick people when they're on their knees, um, and then it all comes back. It all comes back to a head later where Johnny catches a kick and then super kicks Theory in the face, and Theory drops down into this like Johnny ends up sort of holding Theory's head up, and you see this moment where Gargano knows he has to dig a little bit deeper to to finish this and he goes for the lawn dart something he's not been doing recently at all and then so lawn darts him into the turnbuckle super kicks him and then sets him up for the one final beat so like even johnny had to dig deep here to beat theory theory's been put over massively strong here yeah wade barrett said like you i can't remember exactly how he put it but he says that you learn more from losing to these top guys than you do by beating guys of lesser stature and it's absolutely right like they have enough faith in theory to have him out there putting in like both guard like it's, he's a little bit like Shotzi in that kind mm. of regard. So like, you get the sense, yeah, not ready yet for kind of like the major push, but they've clearly the big push. The big push. But they are clearly earning trust to go out there and have tentpole matches to kind of anchor the show. Like both Garganos, who obviously are being kind of given that big push for um this sort of destiny angle that they're going on went out there and had two pretty damn great matches with theory and shotzi mm-hmm. um and it just goes yeah like the more you it's, it's about kind of earning your stripes and it's about making sure that the folks in the back trust you because when they trust you to put on match after match after match of quality that is when you start getting considered for stuff like the north american title so you know i think it's i think it's great slow burn stuff what nxt is really really good at generally mm-hmm. is just building characters organically via their in-ring acumen rather than an overload of backstage promos and character skits although we also did have some really funny character skits for a certain team <laughs> does did. drake maverick know what a furry is oh, but that's <laughs> it's wonderful stuff yeah really like the match it was it's fantastic stuff I, I i think theory is 
like going to be in a North American title picture very, very soon. Uh, we then got a bit of Raquel Gonzalez backstage saying, uh, hey, Rhea, why don't you show up at Halloween Havoc and we'll have a match. We'll go for it. But she said it in earshot of the gym, Adam. And Ripley was apparently in the gym hey, in what? her gear. And she was what? like, will you say it, Raquel? Uh, Raquel, get out, get out of my Raquel, what do you say about me? Raquel. Um, and she goes, yeah, of course, we can just we can just go for it if you want to. We can do it right now. And then suddenly everyone rushed in and got in the way, which is just we're still building to that match. It was it was fine. Like, I think some of the drama has gone out of like, I don't I think uh, there's been a few situations in the matches, as we discussed on this podcast previously, there's been a few situations in matches where there was bits meant to be a bit more heat between the two. And I think a little bit of confusion and miscommunication has led to those moments lacking a little bit of the feisty magic. But um, I'm hoping that like next week, we're going to see something that really kicks this up that final gear and be like, here is that moment between these two people that you really want to see. And then mm. Halloween Havoc, I'm hoping we get kind of a, you know, almost a, re a repeat of the Ripley Martinez thing. Like, you know, we, we get to see something of that caliber between these two, because I think, yeah, Ripley can just go out there and have these like monster matches that don't really involve the NXT Women's Championship. And that, that that's great. Um, so, yeah, Raquel I'm excited. Gon before Raquel Gonzalez is inevitably, you know, signed up to the main roster to become another part of Retribution, become <laughs> like Blunderbuss or whatever <laughs> the hell. And Gatling uh, gun. <laughs> Just can can Robert Stone please sign Raquel Gonzalez next yeah. week just to guarantee <laughs> he's, he's the parts of the NXT brand? Oh, silly, silly uh, stuff. No, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be good fun. We then got Champa backstage watching his match from last week and the interruption from Velveteen Dream, uh, where Dream hit him and that that caused the DQ and Champa won the match, but obviously he wasn't happy about it because she'd beat up Dream. There's a great bit on commentary where they said, uh, I would not want to be Dream when Champa finds him. And just as they finished saying that, Champa just went, he's dead. And then walks yeah. off like, <laughs> <laughs> he's dead. I, I, uh, I love that and I believe it as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Champa's rage manifest. We've got Shotzi Blackheart versus Candice LeRae in the other standout match of this show. I think this was so so good. Mm. Um, they 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 really worked well together. Um, Shotzi was the house of fire for most of it. I think she she did some really cool stuff. Like Wade Barrett kept putting over the fact that like her arsenal is so unconventional that you can't really prepare for it. Um, and then yeah, the finish was that Candice kind of. Because they, they had a couple of moments where they both hit... Well, Shotzi tried to hit a finisher, but she landed on the double knees. Candice did hit her finisher, the Lion Salt, uh, and got a very close two. Um, Shotzi got this adapted cattle mutilation thing, uh, that weird yeah, like roll Like a cattle mutilation, half dragon sleeper sort of thing. Yeah, it was good, looked good, decent. Yeah. Candice gets to the bottom ropes and then uh, she she manages to sort of... They they had this brawl on the apron and they looked like they were going for that sliced bread shot, uh, that sliced bread spot again. And I was like, please don't. Please. Uh, and it's like they sort of drove, they drove each other into the floor and then Shotzi went for this dive to the outside, but Candice just jumps out of the way. Um, oh no, Shotzi went for the senton and Candice dived to the outside and then um, she leapt out of the way of the suicide dive. And then Indy Hartwell, who, if you remember from last week, was... Uh, they found that she'd sent them a TV with a little USB, with a dongle in, in it uh, that had all the, the footage from the match, the Women's Battle Royal to decide the number one contender. And it revealed that Indy was backing Candice up in that match that Candice didn't notice. And Indy hands her some brass knucks. 
She nails Shotzi and then uh, hands them back to India at ringside and walks off having won herself a number one contendership match. I like it. What, I like this sort of adopting Indy Hartwell. Yeah. <laughs> are you are like, are, are you, is it going to be a three-way marriage? What's the, is like Candice have, we got like, have we got a Tiger King situation on our hands <laughs> or, or what, guys? What, what's happening here? A weird triangle with impressive Indy Hartwell uh yeah do they like do, do they, does she want you to adopt her uh, what, I think she just I think because also like when she said I've bought the the note last week was like there's a here's a tv for your guest room and I think I don't their tv the tv she that wants was to live with the, them yeah that's the thing so the tv that was broken by Tegan Knox was in the it was in the dining room it was in the living room dining room combo thing. It wasn't in the guest room. So they put this new big TV in the guest room. Is that is like indie? Does she send them some posters that she wants? What's she what's she done? What's she I playing at? I don't get it. Because that's the thing, is like the Gagar the Gargano way. This is not like kind of like the Bray Wyatt's family where you could sort of like brainwash people and get them to join you. I know they have been sort of like saying you should do things the Gargano way, but the Gargano way is theirs because they're married. Like mm. I don't know if else can do the Sucker Gargano way without also marrying Johnny Gargano. If that's what's going to happen, it's, he's just going to become the centre of a harem of the Gargano way. I think that she's going to, what she's going to do is she's going to continually give brass knuckles out at ringside until one time Candice hands back a key, a spare key to be like, now you can live with us, Indy. You've earned your stripes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so weird. I love I like, it. It's great. It's, it's so good. Happening, but you know, yeah. <laughs> what does she want? I'm so was, confused. I, yeah, but I think it's uh, it's a good wrinkle to the uh, to the Gargano way thing as well because, like, so far the Gargano way has got them absolutely nowhere. It's got them a lot of opportunities, and like, you know, they've they've sort of s- squeezed by into these title opportunities, but they've not been able to deliver at the final moment. So maybe. Indy Hartwell might be the decider here for the Garganos to finally pick up the belts. You don't know, but it it adds that kind of lovely bit of flavor of like, they're going to think they did it all on their own. And it adds that sort of excuse in that, no, they didn't achieve it all on their own. They they have a guest room. They've got a big TV. There's a dongle in play uh, and, and it's making the decisions for them. Great stuff. I and the Shotzi, sure. the natural Shotzi from Candice was really fun. Uh Shotzi continues to grow. Um I sort of thought I, I was watching that being like, I think Shotzi's gonna win. She's meant to be hosting Halloween Havoc. Like we're to host it and then be like, and I am also the main event. Here I yes. am. Uh but yeah, fine. Yeah, that's match. <laughs> yeah, fine, fine. Yeah, good, like good match. Um again, like very slow incremental stuff. Like that's the thing with NXT. Sometimes the the progress is slow to the point of being invisible, but it is there. And then eventually when something big does happen, it does feel like a little bit more earned, a bit more emotionally earned. But then, of course, you have weeks like this where it's just like, you're like, hmm, what's happening? Something appears to be happening, but I don't know what. So it's mm-hmm. hard to feel emotionally kind of like attached to it yet. But eventually you do get to that point. So uh, we shall how to cards up first before you knock them down. NXT understand that better than pretty much anyone. So I they have they have my trust for sure. I'm sure we the then got 
I think it would be fine. Uh, also going to be fine is this relationship between Drake Maverick and Killian Dane, because we saw them backstage and they were talking about the music and their gear and uh, merch. Drake had drawn some pictures. Uh, Killian Dane didn't look very flattering in the pictures. The last time that someone drew a picture of Killian Dane, he took serious offense. That caused a whole match with Dexter Loomis and uh, that whole bit where... And also Robert Stone booked that match, lest we forget. So maybe mm. Stone will get himself in invested here. Drake wanted to call them the Furry and the Fury because uh, he's the Fury yeah. in Kung Fu. And Dane, obviously, is the Furry because he likes to dress as a wolf or whatever on the weekend. So listen, right? This is fine. But Drake Maverick was at his best when he wasn't a complete idiot. Like during the Cruiserweight thing where he had realistic goals, um, he was a clever wrestler. He achieved his dream by being clever and gutsy. He, he, we are, we are levels away from Drake Maverick, twenty four seven champion here. Like it's fine. We know Drake can do comedy, uh, almost to his detriment of how funny he is. This is on the knife edge for me of being too silly. I love the idea of Drake and Drake trying to be Killian Dane's friend. That's sweet. You don't have to add silly entrance music calling Dane a furry. You don't have to cut, you know, get like Killian Dane to come out dressed as, you know, how the revival were going to be repackaged by WWE in order to kind of get over that angle. I don't think you need it. And I'm I don't want to be, you know, all kind of grumpy about this is too funny for me. But um it's borderline, is what I'll say. I'm I'm I it, it's still sweet, it's still cute. Uh, Dane saying no one gets to hit you but me is the thing that rang true the most for all of this. And that, because that's like, that's on the right side of like these people's characters. I mm. feel like Drake taking his silly pills a little bit too much, but Dane's whole like, no one gets to beat you up but me. That for me is the, the step in the right direction this week rather than, you know, the diagrams and the, 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 the name and the, and the entrance music like that that leaves me a little colder just because it's a little funny funny but uh, i'm still on board with this team yeah well they've I... done they've done the work already haven't they to to make them dislike being partnered like drake drake is annoying enough as a as a small man being like we should be we should be a tag team and you can do all the work to killing and dane that that's kind of annoying enough isn't it and then and then obviously like drake costs the match here um, I, I, there's, a, you know, there's a level to say that maybe Dane cost the match because he, he was the one that got beaten up on the outside and couldn't make the save. But like, really, Drake took the pin. Um, and good, good match. That, like, yeah, good thing, match. like, like this, the stuff that's being sold in the match of Drake being the gutsy one, wanting the tag into Imperium, even when he maybe shouldn't take it because he's because he is really good in the ring. Like that, that stuff I think is brilliant, and I think that's more than enough. I think just have the self-confidence of understanding that that's more, that's more than enough to carry this storyline and that gradual progression. You don't need to do the comedy stuff on top of it. Like it, it, it's... But Dane is going to dance to that music one day, Adam. That's and the, that's the thing. your hat. <laughs> no, but that's the thing I'm not, that's the thing I don't want. I don't want Killian Dane to, to shuck and jive. Like it's, I, I, there is a way to kind of wrap this all up sweetly without making Killian Dane into, you know, the Funkasaurus, which he shouldn't be. He's so much better than that. Um, I, I don't want it to feel like I'm being overly negative. I'm just saying 
I can see a horizon where this ends poorly. And I just want everyone to be careful. That's all I'm saying. Well, before we got to that match, we had uh, Robert Stone and Aaliyah were in the ring. And Robert Stone said that um, their, their losses will be someone else's gain. Sure. Someone will eventually sign to the Robert Stone brand. I'm still here At every some week. Point. Please. <laughs> the saddest man it having the just saddest needs some work. <laughs> every, every week he's upload, updating his website with new low rates. New his, low rates. His LinkedIn must be oh. a hellscape right now. Oh, poor, yeah. poor man. Uh, and it doesn't get any better because Tony Storm arrives for her first match back in NXT. Tony beat the hell out of Aaliyah, basically. Just did all of her moves. She did a big... Uh, it was a fun series of atomic drops with uh, like chops straight afterwards. She hits a German suplex. She hit a hip attack in the corner. Kicks her. Storm zero. Reminder, Tony Storm's here. Tony Storm's very good. Mm -hmm. I am excited to see Tony Storm against not an Aaliyah. Uh, someone, someone of a bit more caliber uh, to have a bit more of a a bit more of a proper competition. Like a, a program between Tony Storm and Ember Moon would be a lovely first Ooh. program for both women back. Absolutely. Um, I'd really, I'd really love to see something like that. But yeah, this was just to remind you who Tony Storm is, what she can do, what she looks like, what her music sounds like. Everything about Tony Storm. We haven't seen Tony Storm for absolutely ages, so probably everything. A lot of the audience going, "Who? What's a Tony Storm?" Um, good stuff. Uh, William Regal was backstage. He said he's not happy with the outcome of Candice versus Shotzi because there's been some bloody cheating going on. Uh, he the, makes the hypocrisy, the power yeah. of the punch. Come on, Regal. You got to. You got to. You got. If anyone's going to admire Candice being enterprising, it's you, mate. You used to. You used to hide those things in your ass. He forgets. It's right. easy to it's easy to forget when you're now a legitimate manager of a company making your shows at the last minute. Yeah, flying funny. by the seat of his brass knuckle hiding pants. <laughs> so he so he says that there'll be repercussions for that. We'll find out later. He makes the Raquel Gonzalez versus Rhea match for Halloween Havoc official two, uh, and then Zaya Lee arrives with Boa in tow. Um, and she says that she really wants a match next week, Mr. Regal. And he says he'll take it under consideration. She says, no, please, you don't understand. I really need the match. He's like, yeah, I'll take it under consideration now. Get out of my face. I'm William Regal. Uh, so yeah, Zaylee's probably gonna have a match next week. We'll, we'll get to find out what the deal is with Boa too, hopefully, which would be interesting. Um, it then kicks straight into the Dane uh, and Maverick versus Imperium match. Like we said, good little match. Um, I, I specifically liked sort of Dane immediately asking for the music to be turned off. Uh, I like when <laughs> Maverick are going like, we didn't even get to the whistling. <laughs> and then Dane, and then Dane getting to the apron and being like, I'm in first, goes in first, knocks down Eichner, and then forces Maverick to have a tag he doesn't want by just tossing him over the top rope. There's, there's fun stuff in there. There is a lot of fun stuff in this. this the, content, the content of the wrestling and their dynamic in the ring perfect really really sings i just yeah like I, I i wonder about over egging the pudding but like all of the stuff in the ropes is fantastic mm -hmm. so the stuff like the actual tag team itself when it's crystallized it's gonna be really fun i love the idea of killing dane hitting people with drake that's really funny just like you know grabbing him by the ankles and like leathering him like a human steel chair fun stuff and i and like <laughs> ever rises <laughs> preposterous appearance at the end for no reason other it's just because it's because they didn't want to beat down imperium that's that's the only reason why so like imperium win they uh they knock dane 
basically knocked Dana out on the outside. Uh, Eichner catches Maverick on a dive, does his ridiculously strong, I've oh. just scooped you into a suplex. It is so good. And then they hit their uh, European uppercut powerbomb combo to win the match. It is now uh, called the Imperium Implosion, which I think is bad. It but is a bad name. The European, I.I. European Not the I.I. <laughs> Aye, aye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Uh, Dane, Dane's pissed after the match. Everies arrive, uh, having not watched the match clearly, because they're like, Where's your big friend now, Maverick? And it's like, He was just in the ring, not yeah, he's, he's four there. minutes ago. He's, he's there. He, you should be able to see him because he's coming around the corner right now. And he hits, he knocks both the guys out, gets right in Maverick's face and goes, Nobody hits me, hits you but me. Uh, and then that's cute. That's yeah. Good. I like that. That's a good line. Um, a, a, a bit weird, but <laughs> it's a strange relationship to be having, but fine. And then the music plays as they walk off. Uh, I'm still intrigued to see where this is going. I think Maverick and Dane has uh, legs. I'm, I'm keen to see where they take them. Uh, we then got the, the the main event of the show was Damien Priest versus Dexter Loomis in a fun little matchup. Um, this was, it was interesting, this. I like Priest sort of worked over the arm quite a lot in the early going. Um, and then sort of switched from that and was like, no, oh, actually, I'm going to go after your injured ankle. It was almost like, as the commentary was saying, like, and Loomis is back very recently from a, a very serious ankle injury. Dane must have heard that and was like, oh, yeah, yeah, go for it. You're right, actually, good yeah, point. Actually, great choice. Um, he, like, yeah, so he nailed, he kicks him in. I like, and the, it started quite simply as well, because he was, like, backed into a corner and he just kicked Loomis in the ankle as Loomis walked forward, and that just stopped Loomis didn't fall, didn't stumble, didn't really react. He just stared uh, Priest out as it happened. But then that that actually gave Priest a bit of an advantage. Who then did his big leaping forearm, broken arrow. This had everything you would expect. Uh, Loomis still rolled in for his monkey flip thing, which I think is like of the moves that Dexter Loomis does that I don't think fit his character. It goes the Swanton bomb, <laughs> and then this rolling monkey flip thing that I just I don't get. Like I. He's like a, he's like a creepy. He's based on a murderer, and yes. he's creepy, and he doesn't talk. And his finisher yes. is he chokes you until you pass out, and then he creepily strokes your head. Yes. But one of his moves is a roly poly followed by a backwards roly poly, and to kip up into a leg drop. As yeah, well, when he's got a broken ankle. That's the only thing about the match that I like. I thought it was it was good. Um, I still am missing that final piece of Dexter Loomis. There's just something mm. missing there i think it's difficult when he's had his kind of you know the stop start thing with the injury that's difficult uh, i think he's a really great talent in the ring it's just like there continues to be a final piece missing when like the ankle lock is such a like yeah going for a move you don't normally do because of the extenuating circumstances of the match is great and it makes priest seem like a really smart champion it mm. just it's such a shame that immediately after locking in the ankle lock on an ankle that was yeah he was he had to be out you know he missed a takeover because of his ankle that Loomis and immediately kips up on it and jumps into a leg drop uh and then pretty much starts no selling the ankle damage uh like yep. i don't know if that's because loomis is crazy impervious to pain like the fiend is or if it's just bad selling but it left the, it yeah. kind of took a bit out of the match for well, because before that my my notes on the ankle locks spot are like one that looks it looks brutal like the way priest had him sort of bent over and was locking it in so deeply was great but also the, like loomis was screaming in this ankle lock and that is the first noise 
that's probably the first noise we've heard Loomis make since he's been in NXT, except mm. for like a little grunt of exertion from like throwing a punch or whatever. Like this really is like he's found his voice. It's that's that's kind of what it's like. It, it, this is the first like real sign of Dexter Loomis actually feeling pain or anything. And then yeah, suddenly to turn around and just be like kip up, leg drop, like all on that same ankle. Like it would have almost been better if you'd have done that grueling, brutal looking ankle lock and Loomis had just swiveled his head round and not said anything and just looked at Priest in the face. So like that kind of would have sold the idea of him then kick him kipping up and dropping the leg and then commentary could have put over it's like, does he even feel any pain? Like blah 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 blah. Like it just these were two very different sides. Th those two sections told two different stories that didn't match up. And yeah, it it, it did, I think hurt hurt the match to me. And yeah. then yeah, I don't think the I don't think the finish really did much for it either. Like the finish comes as uh, uh Loomis is knocked to the outside, Priest rolls back into the ring and the referee's back is turned. And as Loomis climbs back up onto the uh so actually sorry, before this, Loomis had hit the Uranagi and locked in the silence. And uh, Priest obviously got out of it because he was in the center of the ring, so he could put his he's foot got, on the rope. He's got the world's <laughs> longest leg. Yeah, yeah he, missed, he, he absolutely missed a tickled his way out of that. And then uh, Loomis followed him out, chucked him into the barricade, chucked him back in the ring. As Loomis gets up on the apron, Grimes runs in and does the cave-in on the apron, which neither Priest or the referee see, is what we're told. And then as Loomis sort of comes back in a bit beaten up, uh, Priest hits the choke bomb and uh, pins him for the victory. Afterwards, uh, Priest does his celebration, goes to leave. Grimes comes in and goes to get in Loomis's face, but Priest comes back and hits the reckoning on Grimes and says, don't, don't get in my business. Uh, and then as he's walking out, he's like, come with me, come with me, stay with me, camera, which I quite like. It's, that's a nice little character beat for him. And he's going to go do the archery thing. And just as the moment he pulls back the string, Johnny Gargano lamps him in the back with a chair. Uh, which I really liked and did uh, chuck the chair to him. Priest catches it and Johnny super kicks it into his face. Then him and Candice are going to pull, they're going to pose over the body of uh, Damien Priest to close out the show. But as they do, William Regal arrives <laughs> and says the stakes have been hired because uh, there's going to be stipulations for your match, but I will let Shotzi Blackheart uh, <laughs> to tell you what they are, Shotzi crawls out of a hole in the stage full of smoke. They sort of cut and she's awkwardly sort of halfway out already. Um, and then she's putting on a voice and she's like, Johnny, Candice, both of your matches will be determined. Spin the wheel, make a deal. <laughs> I yeah. I want that to be my ringtone. Thank you, Laurie. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, well done. I I did not like this end. Uh, I love <laughs> I loved I loved Johnny Lamping Priest. I was like, yes, that's that's heat. That's that's something giving us something leading into Halloween Havoc. And then to then suddenly be like, and now admin. I was just like, oh man, admin. And yeah, to to do something like you know, spin the wheel, make a deal, just feels very. <sighs> It's old-fashioned and game showy, and I, I like. I'm, I'm quite. I'm up for a randomised set of stipulations, but I don't think it's a show closer in well, my head. It, like, it's Halloween havoc, isn't it? You know, this was the old WCW gimmick from early '90s. Mm -hmm. So what, whatever, fine. Like some of the matches seem. <laughs> 
some of the matches seem interesting and some of them seem proper bobbins. So you got Shotzi's Choice, which is basically Shotzi gets to pick. Uh, Weapons Wild, Trick or Street Fight, which is so main roster, no thanks. What is a TLS match? Uh, Coal Miner's Glove on a Bowl. Uh, blindfold Match. Oh, uh, Casket Match. Chamber of Horrors, which is the mm. one where the Butcher got electrocuted. Mm. It was like one of the famously, like the worst matches in WCW history. Uh, Biker's Chain. It's good to get back to the old days of DOA or taker versus brock uh buried alive devil's playground not hell in a cell which makes me think there's a new step or a boiler room brawl like devil's playground being like a random new stipulation that we've not heard of suggests it's probably going to be that one yeah. <laughs> and the tls because that is also like the rest of them are just like old match types that have been done in wcw so like i don't know what is a TLS match? What is a Devil's Playground so, match? Tab- tables, ladders, and stairs, and a Devil's is a Devil. What would you class as a Devil's Playground? Well, it's Devil's Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell is the like it's the nickname for Hell in a Cell, but it's not a Hell in a Cell match. So it's a mm. different kind of like. Is it? It's not the Fight Pit, is it? No, I don't think so. So like, yeah, what is a Devil's Playground? Who knows? It'll be a Hell in a Cell, but there'll be something else in the ring, like a. a honey badger or something like <laughs> oh i really don't the devil's play yeah i i liked i liked the match i wasn't so keen on the the sort of yeah the dichotomy between loomis's ankle spot and then kipping up on it like it was nothing i think the finish with building the grimes loomis thing and then priest getting involved and say so it's my business and then johnny comes in and then regal comes in and then candace comes in and then Shotzi comes in it all gets a bit convoluted when all you really want to do is be like it's gonna be decided at random yay except we've we've already decided because we obviously need props for all of these things we need to find a bloody boiler room guys like where are we gonna film that do you know how hard it is to find shooting spaces in a pandemic? <laughs> um, we had to film a bunch of stuff in the gym last year. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I thought the end of this show was a little bit convoluted, but I am, I'm very keen on the Garganos getting another shot. Like, despite the fact that it does feel like, obviously, we're treading over ground that we've recently covered. I think Indy Hartwell being added to the mix is good. Obviously, the show showed you that Johnny and Candice are two of the top performers in NXT and can make anyone look really good. Um, I just want them to go with it. I, I, I really do want Johnny and Candice to be co-champions at the same time because I just think there's money in that story. It's it's the most interesting thing and, and funnily enough, the most reliable thing NXT has going for it right now. I mean, Johnny got dropped on his head quite recently and didn't come out injured. So, you know, at least he's he, maybe he's impervious to damage maybe he's one of the few people that can, they'll, they'll get away with it with um i don't know but like yeah i i just think at a time where nxt seems to be struggling to get a storyline to stick this is one that is sticking currently so i'd go for it because johnny gargano it. will marry as many women as he has to in order to win the north american championship yeah exactly and do you know and they'll all provide a different like it's like a soldier soldier what you marry me situation is like but i have no nucks to put on and they bring some nucks out and he's like i have no gun for the other arm and he's got <laughs> some nucks and a gun and he's wearing like uh, armor i think yeah there's somebody just keep marrying people until he gets a whole outfit to win the north american title 
I would be very, very surprised if, if like, I think one of the Garganos has to win at Halloween Havoc, surely, yeah. at this point. Surely. Um, I think, think Candice seems like the most likely candidate to me because of the indie factor. Like, I think that I think that's I think having outside interference gives the edge, and you can you can take the belt off EO for a while, or you know, forever with EO, like and be like that's you know that's a fair way for EO to lose the not a fair way, but it's a way for EO to lose the belt and still maintain some of her mystique and and the kind of power. Is Indy Hartwell going to cuckold Johnny Wrestling? Because that would be impressive. She's just going to steal mm. Candice, steal Candice away. <laughs> Well, I don't, uh, what am I, I don't talking know. about? Let us know in the comments what you think is going to happen with Indy Hartwell, uh, the, the menage a trois between uh, a lot of them. Uh, that's all we've got time for about NXT. It was a, it was a good episode with a fairly unremarkable uh, storyline. It's, it's all building up to Halloween Havoc. That's, that's going to be where things truly... Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Funknown, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Funknown's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. Alright, Laurie. Yeah, I'm alright, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing on the weekend? What am I doing on the weekend? You got nothing else to ask me for this podcast, Ouch. No, nothing, no. How many, people, not, not... How many people listen to the podcast? Version? No idea. No idea. Do you reckon it's anyone? Might be Luke. Hi, Maybe Luke. it's Luke. Hi, Luke. I think it's just Luke. Luke loves. Luke bloody loves a podcast. I think Luke loves Luke... a podcast more than I more than anyone I know. If Luke had to give up podcasts or his wife, like how? I I think he. I think we Bye both wife. agree. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, wife. Bye, uh... wife. Um, yeah. So. I don't know how many people listen to this. We basically, so yeah, we just, we do the show as it normally is on the YouTubes. And then we add a little extra spicy bit to try and lure people to listening to this. And I've got nothing, Laurie. I've got nothing. My life has been consumed by playing Hades. And that is all I have done for most of my time off that I took last week. I spent playing Hades. Most of the free time I've had in the last week since then has been playing Hades. I am in deep on the game. I'm now speed attempting to speed run the game. That's how in deep I've got. I've been reading about chess. That's mm. been my literally. I, I I had a week off last week, and I spent it re- reading about chess. Not even playing chess. That's please subscribe to Phenomena to make. Please, please, please. Uh, yeah. Have we have we done it? It doesn't feel like we've done enough for the podcast outro. But no, in two minutes. Uh this is, this is the thing. Yeah, this I like I've been, I've been like looking at board games a lot, mm. like obviously since we've been 
making a whole channel about them and being like, well, what am I going to get? What am I going to do this? What is it? And I'm about to move house. I'm about to move quite far away. Um, oh, so no. where are you living? Uh, I'm moving to Manchester. Uh, oh, in, in oh two snap. weeks. Yeah, I'm moving to Manchester in two weeks. Oh, um, I didn't know. That. Yeah, I haven't not told anyone. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have told. I have obviously told Ollie, but yeah, we've not gone around and told anyone at uh, anywhere else at Wrestle Talk yet. But yeah, I mean, Manchester's lovely. I yeah, was gonna. Yeah. I was considering moving there, like to open up a board game cafe of my own way. Back when, glad I didn't do that because, good lord. But no, Manchester's a lovely part of the world. Yeah, yeah. So have a lovely be... time. So it should be nice. I mean, that's the thing. It's like we we work in these little boxes that appear on screen now. So I, I don't necessarily have to be in London for that. Uh, I guess not. At that moment in time, um, my missus is doing a PGC up in Manchester at the moment. So yeah, we thought we'd go. But yeah, I've been looking at board games. I've been like, oh, I could get that. I could get that. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. It's like, how many people do it take to play? Because if it's more than two, I don't know anyone. <laughs> uh, I've got a list of this is that moment in time. Got- got a list of top uh two-player board games coming out not next week the week after that so you can listen listen to that laurie and it'll there give you, you a, give, uh traveling man in manchester is a really good and fanboy three there are two two really good board game shops in manchester that's how much of an ace city it is fanboy three and traveling man you will find all the board games you could possibly need i hope that they are still open in this nightmare nightmare world in which mm. we live well, yeah, try moving house in uh, in the place. I've not even seen the place that I'm moving into. That's uh, that's how things are. So, yeah, I mean, you'll it? probably get more uh, square footage for your money than in London. Oh yeah, like we've had, we've had someone go look at it. It's just not us. So we're just relying on like how good my my girlfriend's mum is at describing things. We had a video, obviously, as well. But she's like, it's bigger than your current place. It's like, are you sure? it's like i know your daughter and her spatial awareness is terrible and she got that from somewhere so so like but did she did she just bump into the wall she's she's just not good at spatial awareness like if you you ever watch her try and i mean she used to work at martin suspenses for many years uh when she was a student and i can't imagine the bags that she packed for people because well i've watched her try and pack our shopping and it is bad uh, quite, <laughs> quite often i have to pack like if we're going anywhere i just pack bags because it's just otherwise it you you, you can't fit 90 percent of the things she wants to take you can fit them in you just can't in the way that she does it have you ever packed shoes straight up like that who packs shoes straight up like <laughs> wow are you guys sure you want to move mania mania <laughs> It's fine. I'll do that. It's fine. I just as a as a goal, as a goal to myself, I'll do all the packing for when we move. It'll be fine. Uh, oh we've done enough. We've done enough now, right? We've done enough now. Okay, there good. Go. Uh, I hope you enjoyed listening to my minor <laughs> breakdown and uh, Adam winching about board games. Please do subscribe to Phenomenons uh, if you if you haven't already. If you do like board games or you fancy getting into them, there will be ones that you can play with limited number coming up very soon so even if you don't if you don't think you've got like a wide enough friendship group going on right now to play it because obviously rules and stuff to follow there will be the ability for you to play with uh whoever you've got to hand so that'll be good uh thank you for listening to the rest of podcast that is all we have time for discussing nxt and obviously breakdowns etc there'll be more stuff coming out later we've got the magazine show tomorrow we've got smackdown on Saturday next week is exciting though because it's Hell in a Cell. Is it Hell in a Cell? Yeah, it is next week. Yay. 
I mean, there's going to be some good stuff at, at Hell in a Cell, though. We get Sasha and Bailey. Yeah, Sasha and Bailey. Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, have no, I have no faith that WWE knows how to do Hell in a Cell matches anymore. They've worn me down. Well, well, well you, Sasha and Becky did a brilliant Hell in a Cell match last no, year. I, I know they did, Laurie, but just like WWE is so awful at the moment. <laughs> it's so much worse than it was in this position last last year. I just don't have, I, I don't, I can't excite myself about it. Don't make me get excited about it. If the show's okay, good, it'll be a pleasant surprise. But if it's not, then at least I, I won't have, I won't be disappointed again. I can't be disappointed again, Laurie. Guys, don't be an Adam, be into Hell in a Cell because we'll be reviewing it obviously after it's happened uh, on the podcast and you can listen to that. And that's what we're all here for. You listening to us ramble on about wrestling and sometimes the terrible things going on in our life. Anyway, thanks for listening. Bye! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.